0: Good morning. I'm Harley Schlanger from the LaRouche Organization with your daily update for March 10th, 2022. Today we're going to be looking at the fact that the narrative for the war and economic warfare against Russia, the justification of it, is breaking down. It's coming apart. And one example of this is the effect of the economic warfare against Russia is it backfiring against the people who are pushing it, that is, the United States and and Western Europe? Now, Biden has been a cheerleader for economic warfare. Uh, He bragged at the State of the Union address that we're being tough, we're going to crush the Russian economy. Uh, Anthony Blinken has been touring the world, talking about the great tools we have to force Russia to abide by the rules-based order. Uh, and, And what there's discussion of is the collapse of the Russian banks, the collapse of the ruble, that this is going to breed tremendous discontent within Russia, and this is something which is good. In other words, confirming the Russian belief that this whole Ukraine crisis is a justification for regime change in Russia. Now, we know it's been in planning for a long time, uh, well before any Russian troops walked into Ukraine. The One way we know this is the briefing that was given by two White House officials on January 25th, where they said this has been in planning for a long time. That is the economic warfare, which they said would disable the Russian economy, would prevent Putin from uh, modernizing or upgrading the population, the standard of living, the industrial base of the Russian economy, and so on. And there's been full support in the Congress for this as though this kind of destruction, which is typical, by the way, of sanctions, where you destroy a nation's ability to uh, provide for food, jobs, uh, security for its population, and carry out uh, uh, actions that lead to mass death. This has been typical of U.S. policy, whether it's Yemen, Afghanistan, Syria, Libya, or so on. But now they're doing it against Russia, the world's second largest or largest nuclear power. So you have to ask yourself, do they know what they're doing? Now, the Congress, just in the budget that they passed yesterday, they took out $15 billion for COVID relief and added $14 billion for aid to Ukraine. So the Congress is all in on this. Now, The question is, why are they doing this? And we've been talking about this quite a bit. But one of the great fears that's driving this whole anti-Russian and anti-China rhetoric and action is the emergence of a Russia-China economic alliance. And this is an example of two sovereign nations looking for a way out of the systemic collapse of the present world order. There are other countries that want out of this also, that don't accept the Green New Deal, don't accept the Great Reset. But Russia and China are two of the most powerful nations which can actually act to protect their populations from the insane policies being imposed by the Davos crowd, the Western elites, the City of London, financial oligarchs, and others. Now, the Financial Times had an article yesterday, what does the Russia-China alliance mean? And they say it looks as though they could be moving to set up an alternative financial system. Well, of course, if you collapse this financial system, any sane leader is going to look for an alternative. And we see that throughout the world, not just from Russia and China. The Eurasian Integration Project built around the Belt and Road Initiative of China, uh, cooperation in energy, transportation, and other areas uh, is something which is quite viable, and it's something that's that's uh, gaining a lot of support from many smaller nations. But we're, they're also looking at China and seeing the emergence in China of a modern economic superpower, not deployed against other countries, but committed to improving the standard of living of its own population. The fear is that this Eurasian integration project would extend westward and bring Europe in And this would break the power of the city of London and Wall Street to impose a global central banker's dictatorship called the Great Reset to protect the debt-ridden, collapsing financial system of the transatlantic region by expanding the looting of poorer countries. No country wants that. And now if they see an alternative, they'll move away from it. So the question of is economic warfare against Russia backfiring? Let's begin with a few questions. There's already hyperinflation in the West. It's caused by quantitative easing and uh, refusal to write down debt, not by anything Russia did. There's already energy shortages. This is not based on anything Russia did recently. It's based on the Green New Deal and the policies to eliminate fossil fuels and other so-called carbon energy sources. There are food shortages coming based on the same failed and and, uh, incompetent policies of the Western world. Now, here are the questions. Are you willing to pay $10 or more per gallon of gasoline? Are you prepared for blackouts? Are you prepared for food shortages? Because these will all occur as a result of US policies and Western policies, not just toward Russia, but toward their own populations. Now, there are expressions of worry coming out about this. I'll just cite one in particular, an article by Julia Friedlander on March 8th in Politico. She's a former sanctions expert who served in the Obama and Trump administration. Uh, She wrote an article, The West has declared financial war on Russia. Is it prepared for the consequences? And she concludes that economic warfare against Russia is, quote, a high-stakes gamble, unquote, worrying about the possible effect of defaults on Russian bonds. Quote, debt contagion could pop up in unforeseen places, unquote, as, quote, collateral damage. Now, we're seeing this already. Fitch rating Services downgraded Russia's sovereign debt yesterday to its lowest level, a C level, which means default is imminent. This increased the cost for credit default swaps, which are basically insurance, in case the financial instruments being held by investors collapse, which means you have to pay more. There will be margin calls. There'll be a growing, an increase in debt and a demand for more quantitative easing, which only increases the overall debt, which is already unsustainable. So we're, we're seeing a financial system that's weak, that's being collapsed by the decision to go all out with economic warfare against Russia. Now, let me just take up two other examples of the collapse of the narrative, the breakdown of the transatlantic narrative against Russia. First was testimony yesterday in the Senate Foreign Relations Committee by State Department official and leading uh, advocate of Ukraine's war against Russia, Victoria Newland. Newland was testifying and she was asked by Marco Rubio, the uh, lightweight senator from Florida, does Ukraine have chemical or biological weapons? Now, you probably know that there's been discussion of Russia uncovering private and secret biological weapons labs in Ukraine. USA Today fact checkers said this is not true. Washington Post called it Russian disinformation. So what did Newland say under oath? She said, well, uh, yes, there are bioweapons labs, but these are defensive. And the real danger is if Russia gets a hold of them. Well, wait a second. You've been denying that they exist. Now you're admitting that they exist. The Russians were worried that these weapon labs were being prepared for attacks on Russia. Now, the denials continued. Kirby, the Defense Department spokesman, said there's no way we have biological weapons labs. But it was confirmed by the Deputy Secretary of State, Newland, that there are these labs. So, once again, we're seeing the lies coming from the people who are supporting the war against Russia. Uh, Now, in fact, we're seeing that it's NATO-US disinformation, not Russian disinformation, that now they're trying to turn around by saying, well, the Russians are saying that the US is doing this because they intend to use chemical weapons. That's the kind of sophistry we've seen coming out of the integrity initiative from the the United Kingdom for a long time. Now, secondly, Konashenkov, the spokesman for the Russian Defense Ministry, yesterday released documents from a Ukrainian uh, laptop, which were from the the, the commander of Ukraine's National Guard, a January 22nd order for preparation for an invasion in the Donbas, a full-fledged military assault into the Lugansk and Donetsk area, which uh, Putin proclaimed to be independent republics. Now, you remember when Putin did this, he said it's because they're threatened by the Ukrainian government and army and special forces. And everyone said, this is Putin's paranoia. This is a justification for an invasion. Well, now it turns out the Ukrainian National Guard was preparing for some time in March for an all-out assault against the Russian uh, defense forces set up in Lugansk and Donetsk to protect the population there. So instead of living up to the Minsk agreements to negotiate with the leaders, the political leaders and the military leaders in those two independent republics, The Ukrainian government was preparing to go in and crush them. So here we see the complete unraveling of the narrative. Now, I could say more. I've been doing this the last few days on the the narrative that there are no Nazis in Ukraine. In fact, it's now everywhere acknowledged. Yes, they are, but they're working against the Russians. So if there are Nazis, they're okay. I think it's time that we recognize that... The West is using a situation that they've created that led to uh, a Russian move into Ukraine. They're using that for the purposes of establishing a global top-down dictatorship as a new post-Cold War order, which is not going to benefit anyone but the handful of financial oligarchs behind it. Uh, You can get more on this by going to the LaRouche Organization website, by going to the Institute.com. We're going to continue to cover this, but it's important that people get the facts, uh, share these videos, get them out as widely as possible. Otherwise, we are heading minimally into a total breakdown of the financial system with consequences that will be devastating, which could include a World War III fought with nuclear weapons. Thanks for joining me. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow.